everyone, where the hell have they been? Who knows, but they are back. Notice how low I am right now. Yeah. My chair has I'm given out. over you. I've sunk down. I'm like, was hi, it, was Steven. It, uh, Welcome to my podcast. <laughs> Andy Kaufman show where he was up tall into <laughs> yeah. a chair. I'm a little Jay. Call me little Jason. That's my podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Entertainment Landfill News. I've been betrayed by my uh, office chair. And I started sinking down, and now I feel tiny. But it's so great to uh, be back doing a show. It's been a while, Stephen. I never left. I've been sitting here the whole time. <laughs> yes. It's like waiting for the show. When are we going to do one, Jason? Later. You know, pff, whatever. I'm out. I'm out of here, man. I'll just sit here then. Stephen, what has gone on since the last time we did a show? Let's see. We saw Ant-Man. The last show we did of Entertainment Landfill News was July 16th, where we talked about Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Have we seen any films since Ant-Man? Is it sad that I don't remember? I saw that movie 8th grade. Didn't see it. Really good movie. We saw that, like, the two days before Emma started high school. And the movie's about a girl in 8th grade who's starting high school. Uh-huh. The following year, and uh, it was kind of poignant. I wanted to see The Meg, but I didn't. Yeah, I never saw The Meg. Uh, never really wanted to that much. I, I didn't I didn't care about opening night or anything, but I kind of wanted... It's like, I'll go see it on a matinee or something, just yeah, for fun. Emma and Heather really wanted to see it, so... Whatever was happening, there's been shit going on like every weekend, it, it seems like. week, so I got caught up on the Sharks <laughs> What about that? Did you have any desire to see the puppet movie, The Happy Time Murders? I thought it just looked obnoxious. Um, we So uh, last weekend we had a family get together at my house and uh, for my mom's birthday. And uh, so my sister brought up this movie and she was showing little clips and just giggling her head off. Of Happy Time Murders? Yeah. There's the, the scene at the end where the puppets are having sex and... I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen that clip. No, I don't need to. So, it's uh, it just seems I could tell from the trailer. I was like, "This looks annoying. It's not funny." 
and I predict it'll be terrible. So essentially, they use silly string for the guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that. Real, yes. real, hey, that's <laughs> clever. <laughs> so, uh, Happy Time Murders is actually 22% rotten. And I was like, yes, called that. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe it'll be on cable one day and I'll chuckle a couple of times. But it just looked obnoxious to me. And the crazy thing about that is I... Cup of tea. Did you see you directed it? Brian Henson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Jim Henson's son? Mm-hmm. What the hell? Why? He had this rated R puppet movie in his head this whole time. Boo. <laughs> he directed It's a Very Muppet Christmas Movie in 2002, 90% fresh. And then he lowers himself to this... This this tripe. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. I'm disgusted. No, but seriously, uh, it just looks stupid to me. It, but, but, was, it wasn't for you. No, not for me. Not, not for, for me you. over not here. I'm, no. I'm trying to think. Did I see anything else? Uh, did we talk about Mission Impossible? Oh, we did see Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Fallout I thought was awesome. Really good, just fantastic action set pieces. That whole—I mean, there are several of them. The the helicopter thing I thought was fantastic, and the whole build-up, that whole third act with the bomb and Simon Pegg and the uh, Rebecca Ferguson—they're trying to dismantle it while fighting the guy. <laughs> Cut cover to Tom Cruise; he's flying the helicopter in a chase. It's just like this is the longest. What did they have? Like five minutes or yes. something. And it kind of reminded me of the end of that one. <laughs> the uh, Fast and the Furious. The Fast and the Furious on the runway. Yeah. Remember? That's and the was, longest runway ever. Yeah. And I started, I was like, actually, they're just showing everybody. Right. Whenever they cut to everybody, it's in real time. You know, so everything that's happening. And I was thinking maybe it's the same way. Everything Tom Cruise is doing is happening the same time right. that they're doing. Except... They're all talking to each other on the comm, which makes it super confusing. Like, is it happening at the same time? <laughs> it, was, it started making my brain hurt thinking about it. But suspension of disbelief, Stephen. Yes. And it was awesome. Great movie. That's, well, Mission did you Impossible. actually time it to see if it was actually five minutes? No, but I, I could look over. <laughs> there was a guy to my left, and he was like, oh, come on. You know, like, there's, there's no way. I'm... A suspension of disbelief person. I can, that cannot bother me. It, it just does, it's no big deal, you know? It doesn't bother me. But at the same time, it's in my mind, and I just kind of shrug it off. See, that one didn't bother me, but the the runway, because I fly, bothered me. That's the only reason why. <laughs> yeah. had, had I never been in a plane before, I probably would have just not thought twice about it. The longest thing in a movie, <laughs> as nitpicky as I get that bothers me, is uh, Die Hard 2. There's a part where McLean is in a plane and all the bad guys are outside. They shoot up the plane. And they're like, hey, grenades. Everybody throw grenades. And they're like, one grenade, two grenades, three grenades. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he, he straps himself into a chair. They're throwing grenades. Another grenade. Another grenade. Great grenades. There's like 10 grenades. He's like, okay. Okay, I'm all ready. And pull. And it's... And he goes up in the air, and then it's like, dude, that was like, he had like, what, three minutes before any of those grenades exploded? Yeah. And that's like, oh, come on, movie. So, you know my number one thing. What is it about movies? 
they better be good. No, 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 no. <laughs> the problem with... With movies? or Certain scenes in movies. What is my problem? You've, you've said it before. You know you have. Shit. Tom Cruise did it in one movie. Oh. In one of the Mission Impossibles. Uh, realistic motorcycle stunts? Yes. <laughs> okay. Didn't it's you like, think this had realistic? Yes. It had incredible motorcycle chases. But like the the, the stuff where, um, you know, it's like when, it, when a motorcycle is riding alongside a car, it's like, bam, hit it, he's dead. You right. Know, that's re- unreal. I mean, that's realistic to me, you know, when yeah. when the car is still trying to outrace the motorcycle, it's like, hey, there's a motorcycle right behind me. Brakes, bam, <laughs> dead. Yeah. So, I mean... Motorcycle chases in movies aren't realistic. That one, I mean, they were chasing him and he was running through, he was running away from. Right, right. So that's a little different than chasing a car in a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, totally. I thought they did a great job with that. And let's. And, and running through the, the roundabout there uh, at, uh, was it Piccadilly Circus? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. When he was going the wrong way, I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, that was they, insane. They really did that, and it looked know? breathtaking. You were like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" It doesn't look like CGI bullshit, and that's one thing you could say about Tom Cruise is that he's uh, he's out of his mind. Yes. He's like, "This has got to look as real as possible," <laughs> and so I'm going to put my life in harm's way. And uh, so, sure this enough, one had good motorcycle work. I won't, won't bag on this one. Now the 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 other one, the what is it? Number three. <laughs> Essentially, they're jousting on motorcycles. Yes, that was John Woo. John Woo. It was a little ridiculous. I mean, it's silly and fun, but yeah, it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> um, but that was the last movie I've seen, I think. I think so. think it is. Although we, I, I watched one with Melissa the other night that I hadn't... I've been putting on the back burner. Oh, what's up? It's the one where uh, Ogre was in it from Skinny Puppy. The uh, <laughs> okay. The, the uh, uh, it's a musical called. Ogre, Oh, not that. It's a Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, Paul Servino. Was it pretty bizarre? It was terrible. Oh no! It was. Yes. Yeah, it's like, it's they sang everything. It wasn't like, you know, do some acting, sing, do some acting, sing. It was, they sang everything they did, and it was like, and the music was too low, so they were, all you could hear was the singing, you could barely hear the music. It's like, the edit on this, the mix was not good. Uh, just, mm. just bad. You know what I'm interested in is it premieres uh, today on Amazon Prime, and that is the uh, Jack Ryan series starring John Krasinski. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I think I'm going to check that out big time. I'd like to binge that bad boy. <laughs> I don't know why you described it like Castle that. Rock one. Oh, you I started watched, Castle Rock? Watched, I haven't watched it yet. I watched two episodes of that. I even sprung for it. was so funny. Like Heather wanted to watch the show called Casual. It's a very funny show, original series on Hulu. No, actually, it was before that. We were binge-watching um, the the comic book show, Runaways. And Heather was like, I can't take these commercials. Can we please do commercial-free? And I was like, sure, okay. And so I went online and did the... Instead of like seven ninety nine a month, it's like $11 a month. It's a complete rip-off. But at the same time, it's totally worth it because the commercials get so annoying when you're trying to binge-watch something. 
So I did that, and then I was like, hey, we got this commercial free. You want to binge watch that show Casual? We watched the first season. We never – and now there's like three more seasons we can binge watch. So we started watching that, and that was like three weeks ago, and we've never gone back. And I'm like, I'm still paying for the commercial free, and we're not using it. Um, but I want to – on Hulu, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so want to watch, watch – Castle Rock. Yeah, the first two – it's 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 a slow burn at first, and it, you're kind of you're learning everything the first episode. So I mean, uh, you're learning the characters and what's going on. Is it, it looks well done? Yes. Nice. Yeah. If you haven't watched Mr. Mercedes, that one I do highly recommend. See, I never watched that, and it's available and, on video on demand. And, and I believe season two just started. Yeah, I saw that. Does that mean the season two is the next book in the series? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the the Bill Hodges trilogy. Nice. Baby's got a bone over there that so, she's chewing on. But yeah, That's, the first one was incredible. That. Really good, you know, acting. Everything okay. was great in it. And pretty creepy, too? Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. I, I've definitely been meaning to check that out. I mean, I'll probably watch the Jack Ryan series probably most likely right away mm-hmm. i'd like no i mean I, I would like to start that this weekend sure you will. <laughs> no i'm serious <laughs> uh i've been watching something else but i can't remember right now i'm drawing a blank steven i'm drawing a complete blank but anyway blank. we've got a trailer here how excited are you for the uh, new predator film so excited uh, is that, I can't tell if you're being genuine or not. <laughs> Shane Black wrote and directed it, I believe. I'm kind of like... Honestly, I've only seen like one trailer for it so far, so I'm I have ex- no opinion, honestly, one way or the other. I'm excited for it because it's Shane Black, and his he's got a sick sense of humor. I love his stuff. I don't care that much about Predator itself. I like the first movie with Schwarzenegger. Predator 2 is silly, but, you know, it's enjoyable. I don't, and it's got the great Gary Busey scene in it. I haven't watched it in years. Here's the funny thing about it. Jake Busey is in this, and yes. he plays Gary Busey's son's character from Predator right. 2. I knew that. And yeah. that is hilarious to me. I can't see where <laughs> they go. I can't wait to see where they go with that. So let's check out this trailer real quick, Stephen. Sure. Rated R Predator. Right, we have a word. There's Funny a bunch for Hofsky. He's done something crazy. Yeah, Chuck Lady. Show me again, I'm gonna break your neck. He's a tough guy. Welcome to the Looney Bus. McKenna. The brass I love Williams. the Keegan Michael Keegan. That's Lynch. With Murphs. Why are you here? I don't think you believe me. Come on, man. I had a run in with a space alien. <laughs> this thing guy is crazier than the rest of us. <laughs> this is a red bait trailer. <laughs> What's that? That's the thing that killed my men. That's a big ass president. Alien. Not a lot of F-bombs. Traders <laughs> exploit weakness. Tracks its prey. Like a game. Seems to enjoy it. That's not a predator. That's a sports hunter. Well, we took a vote. Predator's cooler, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better than sports hunter. 
ex-sniper with PTSD and a team that's mental. You're insane, right? Yeah! Wait, is that the guy who played Gentlemen, Smash from uh, Friday Night Live? Figured something out. I think we're going to die. Just pointing it out. A big boy's a hunter. Brought his dogs with him. September 14th. That looks a lot like a lot of fun. That was a way better trailer than the first one, I thought. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, why not? It's pretty cool, man. I can't wait to see that. We've sat through way worse. Are we going to go see it? Sure. Plus, it's got Shane Black sense of humor in there, man. We're going to check that mother out. When did it say that was coming out? September Were you paying 14th. September 14th. And also, what are you, are you interested in this uh, Jennifer Garner Peppermint movie? Oh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, where she, uh, she's avenging her, her, her daughter gets killed at a park. Her daughter and her Carnival. husband get killed by a drug cartel and she vows for vengeance. Come on. We love vengeance movies, right? Getting revenge. She's, she's the new Liam Neeson. Yeah, totally. That's going to be awesome. Female Liam Neeson. Now, Steven, did you see this? I posted it on Facebook. Rotten Tomatoes diversifies its system in huge tomato meter overhaul. I thought that was... Well, didn't you, you know, see my response on that? <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> ha! Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, put the Nelson... Nel- the funny thing was that you and I have been talking about they need to do something. Right. But here's what it says. Rotten Tomatoes has faced criticism from fan maker, <laughs> filmmakers and fans alike for the way its tomato meter scale of ranking films as fresh or rotten skews audience expectations. On Tuesday, the critic review aggregator made some big changes to its scoring system and added a ton of new tomato meter approved critics to mix things up. We're sure that this will piss somebody off. Last year, the tomato meter received a round of scrutiny because film studios were complaining that the score was becoming so important to audiences that the site was killing their box office returns. Their argument was basically that Rotten Tomatoes' ratings were based on snooty old film critics that are disconnected from audiences. Subsequent data analysis showed that wasn't entirely true, and Hollywood just has a problem with making quality movies. But the fact that top film critics do tend to be old white men working in a field that few people can make a living has become increasingly apparent. Researchers at the University of Southern California reported in June that on t- only 22% of Rotten Tomatoes professional film critics were female and only 18% were an underrepresented racial or ethnic background. Rotten Tomatoes hopes its addition of 200 more critics today will make its selection of opinions less homogenous in the announcement it wrote in revamping our critics criteria we sought to bring the criteria into better alignment with the way media works today to promote the inclusion of more voices that reflect the varied groups of people who consume entertainment and to maintain in high standard we 
always set for inclusion in the group of Tomato Meter approved critics. When assessing applications from those wishing to be Tomato Meter approved critic or Tomato Meter approved publication, we now take into consideration four key values, as well as a revised set of eligibility requirements. These values are insight, audience, quality, and dedication. And you can find a full breakdown of each value here. How important is that audience? Like they have somebody actually following them, but that's super important. This isn't the kind of overhaul I wanted. I want it to be to their rating system and how they they actually call half, something it, fresh and, and rotten. Half out of a four is rotten. That's the problem we have. Fresh. It's uh, sure. I think this is great. Yeah, include more people, but fix that part that we're always complaining about. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. That the. The reviews and shit, I don't care. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. But it's, it's, uh, the aggregate doesn't work right to say that two and a half out of four is rotten, two and a half out of four is fresh. Yeah. On two different reviews on the same friggin'. It's maddening. So, absolutely that's, maddening. That's the aggravating portion of it. Yes. So, if, if, the person who submits the review has to put in, has to physically go in there and put fresh or rotten. Yes, that's what it needs to do, doesn't it? Say, yes. you're a critic, you're on our site. Did you think this movie was fresh or rotten? Please click here. And yes. that's what they need to do because we see it wrong so many times. And it's the, so the two and a half. You know, the your star rating. You know, it's like okay, you're going to have to base it on our out of five stars. Mm-hmm. You can't make up your own star rating, 4, 10, 8, Yeah, whatever. and then go, you guys interpret this how you want. It's like, no, it's they're not going to interpret it right. So if you went in there and just said, okay, you have to submit a review to us. Out of five stars, what is it? Is it fresh? Is it rotten? And, you know, and it has to be that scale on there. You know, when you submit it, more than two and a half is fresh. What if they uh, said... I mean, more than two is fresh. I deem it rotten, but I'm going to give it three stars. No. It's like, no, you can't do you it. You can't do that. And it, the, the it, thing should even... The website should be like, and eh, and eh, and eh. Like, what? Yeah. I can't do it. Like, if you deem this rotten, you can't give it three stars. You can give it two stars. It has to be less. If it Again, out of five stars... Okay, so if, you, if we do a five-star rating, it has to be less than 2.5. 2.4, rotten. 2.5, average... How do you do that? They know. 50 50? <laughs> I mean, at, at two and a half, you could kind of go swing it a way. It's a tomato that's unripened on one side, but yeah. it's fresh on the other, and you chop it in half and you eat it. You have an undecided in the middle? Yeah. So. I, I can understand why studios get annoyed. Because I complain about rotten tomatoes all the time, but at the same time, I'll look at it and go, oh, look, Happy Time Murders, 22%. Not going to see it. You know, would I, if but, it said 90%, I'd be like, it must be pretty funny. Let's go check it out. Would I do that? Possibly. I don't know. But the fact is. It would have been well on your radar before Rotten Tomatoes if you wanted to see it. The way I understand it also, if I look at Rotten Tomatoes and something is in the 50th something percentile, fresh or rotten, I'm going to be like, that might be good. It's split down the middle, right? 50 yeah. 50. Uh, for instance, the Meg right here, forty six percent. That 
that's probably it's not a good movie, but it's probably a lot of fun. Yeah. Just like Fast and the Furious movies, I would never call those works of art. They're entertaining, but God, they're stupid. At yeah. the same time, I'm just like it's you know, it's no great movie, but I had a great time. Steven and I laughed at the part where they jumped from one skyscraper to the other in their car. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's not like a you know, a 90 so percentile. Yeah, but we know we're not going to... film. We know when we're going to the movies, we're not going to see that. Mile 22 with Mark Wahlberg, 21%, looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> looks like, that's a bad movie right there. I could just... Heather's like, hey, do you want to go see that? I'm like, no. no. I do want to see Christopher Robin, though. Yes, yeah, 70% fresh. It looks cute, but that's a movie when I see the... I'm like, HBO in three months from now, or maybe two Again, months. A, a matinee. Yeah. Black Klansman, 95%. Gotta see that. It's gonna be good. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. 97% Mission Impossible. We saw it on opening night or whatever. We know it's good. Whatever. But it genuinely... I mean, could you studios could in- complain about this, but people aren't setting out to trash movies unless it's uh, fanboys, and that's the fan... Uh, <laughs> you know, like... That's where you'd have to have like a, a, a the dual, audience score. I'm a, talking a, about a dual rating system: the audience score, the critic score. Yeah, yeah, and they have that. Yeah, but it, you know, I was thinking of the Last Jedi, where like, you know, those toxic fanboys kept giving it really bad reviews or whatever to drop it down. Not that it even matters. Who cares? Okay, uh, I want to do this story because this is very interesting. Because I had this. Um, we have a spare bedroom here in the house, Stephen. No. And, and for years, I've told Heather, it's my bedroom. I would love, that's your bedroom, Stephen. Uh, I would love to turn this. We used to have a bed in there, and it would be a guest bedroom. And I told Heather, I, the idea of a guest bedroom is neat, but who the hell is going to sleep in there? The only time any of us ever slept in there is if, <laughs> if Heather and I were sick or something. Or if I had the flu, I would go sleep in that bedroom. Otherwise, yeah. nobody's sleeping in there. And I was like, I would love to turn this into a podcasting studio. This is where I could do my show, you know, put some soundproofing on the walls, get some better mics, you know. I feel like get we're a, in an egg crate. Yeah, soundboards. <laughs> get a soundboard and that kind of stuff. But over the years, I've thought of other ideas. But back then, she's like, no, don't do that. We'll never see you again. And I'm like, I wouldn't be in there every day, but maybe I would. You know, I'd be in there. It'd be my, don't you know, any promises, I hate sir. the term man cave or whatever. Yeah. But so in this A day nice and age, audio room. Yeah. So this day and age, which is funny because I, I tell Emma all the time, my daughter has grown up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, all kids her age, they watch YouTube. They don't watch TV anymore. They don't watch cable. They watch YouTube. They know YouTube personalities or whatever. And I realized a long time ago when we got into um, podcasting, uh, totally missed the boat on video and video editing. I know how to edit audio, and that's what I've always done. I totally uh, should have learned to shoot video and edit video. Because uh, now I need to learn it, (laughs) you know, at my age or whatever. So I was telling Heather, you know, I'd love to turn the back bedroom into a streaming studio. Uh, We have a nice little uh, desk. We've got mics. We got a camera. 
whenever uh, you're watch whenever a new trailer comes out. Okay, say we just watched that Predator trailer. People heard it, but there's a camera on you and I. We're watching it. You see both of us at the desk with our mics, and we got the video playing it, and you and I are reacting to it. They have a window-in-window situation where they could see the... Yes, yes. Uh, You know, they have lots of... People want to see us? Huh? People want to see us? I have no idea. We'll we'll find out. I guess there's one. (laughs) We'll find out. So uh, That's what those guys look like. I'm never listening again. So uh, (laughs) I also, I've enjoyed, I enjoy playing playing video games, etc. And I've even loved, uh, had fun streaming videos. And there's a thing called Twitch streamers who stream videos all the time. They play games. They talk to their audience or whatever. I've always wanted to do that. I think I'd be good at it. Uh, I think I'd be good at it. I would just need to learn how to do it. And I was telling Heather, I really want to have a, uh, I really want to do that too. So I want to turn that room into a streaming, like a Twitch studio where we do shows, but also play games. You and I sitting there on a couch playing fighting games together, something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. We got people in the chat room, maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe uh, Jessica's in there watching. <laughs> One person, Adam Sexton. But, you know, the thing about it is consistency, and then you get an audience. Well, you, I, might, get, you might, Adam, the Bay Area, might start watching. Yeah, uh, it would he be likes fun. Games and, and also, I could play online with other people who are which, watching. Which we need phone calls, Adam, from the Bay Area. So anyway, that's my idea. But now we're trying to Heather started working from home. Yes. And uh now we're together all the time. So I was like, What well, we need to do, that back bedroom, turn it into your office. And she's like, No, we're turning it into your studio. And I'm like, Why? We need to turn it into your office. That way you're working you're working in you there. Got an office, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was so funny when God of War came out, I wanted to play it so bad. And I go, Heather, I've got to play this game. My PS4 is in the living room, not far from where she's working. So I was like, I'll plug in the headphones into the controller. You won't be able to hear any of it. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I look at her. I meet eyes with her and she's like looking at me and I'm like, uh, what? Like uncover. She goes, all I hear is clicking and clacking from your controller. And I'm like, I'm in a really hard part of the game and I got to have fast reflexes. She's like, it's driving me crazy. And I'm like, well, now I can't even play this. Come on. I want to just sit here and play Tetris, making little slow moves. And I'm like, do you want to mean to like put a pillow over my lap and just controller inside of it? I need a soundproof box with hand holes in it. And I'm like playing it. I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do? She's like, you need to have a studio in the other room. And I was like, fine. So here's the problem. Taking the TV with me. <laughs> here's the problem. That room is our junk room. It's become the junk room. Hey, we got these boxes. Stick them in here. These old lamp. We got a new lamp. What do we do with these old lamps? Let's stick them in there. Uh, what are we going to do with this old chair? It doesn't fit in here anymore. Stick it in there. So all of a sudden, we've got this accumulation of all this stuff. Order. Not to mention DVDs for years. Huge DVD collection. And I, Heather was like, we need to start cleaning out this room. I'm serious. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay. She's like, what if we get rid of all these DVDs in here? And my first in my brain is like, no. But then I'm like, but why? Why is that my reaction? So I go in there and I look at it. You know, phone booth. Why do I own that movie? Right. 
why do I own this movie? Uh, do I really need, uh, I can't even think of movies, but, uh, you know, just all these movies I, I on bought, DVD. I bought so many years ago when they first came out cause they were cheap, you know? Yeah. Were... And are you going to go back and watch DVDs anymore? Now we're up to Blu-ray. Now they got 4k, but are we going to go back? Am I going to go watch phone booth again, Steven? <laughs> there, there's some stuff I will go back and watch that doesn't exist on Blu-ray. So I went through all the DVDs, probably kept like five of them that meant something to me. Like my first Mallrats uh, DVD. I remember this is one of the first DVDs I ever bought. Army of Darkness. This was the first DVD I ever bought. And, uh, you know, just a couple that meant something to me. The rest of them, we took them to half price books with a bunch of books uh, we never read or Read long ago. Don't you know? I knew it. I was like, I have no emotional attachment to this. Let's get rid of it. Took multiple big giant boxes there. I had a dolly. We pushed it in, and the guy was. We got a hundred bucks for all of that, and uh, I think it was a hundred dollars. I'm trying to think if that's right. I think it was, and I told Heather, "Is like, you know what? I was thinking it." Part of my brain was like, oh, it's going to be like 200 bucks or whatever. But you know what? I don't care. We had a bunch of Legos and stuff that Emma will never play with. We took it to a store that buys Legos. The guy was like, I'll give you $100. And Heather was like, okay. So we took that. What's the, I'm, keep, I'm thinking the DVD amount is wrong, but it might have been a little bit more than I think it was like 180 bucks now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, uh, I wish I'd stop hitting my mic. Uh <laughs> I was like, okay, let's give away more. Emma at school, the theater department was like, hey, we will take old stuff you guys aren't used, like lamps, hats, clothes, uh, stuff that we could use for costumes. So Heather got all this stuff together. We loaded it up. We took it over there and gave it to him. We cleared out more stuff. Um, Can you walk in there now? Yes. Uh, That hutch. See that right there? It's. Heather has wanted this in the living room for years. It's been loaded with Blu-rays and DVDs. <laughs> but it's supposed to have decorative plates and pictures and nice stuff. We, we brought it in here, and she decorated it, and she was so happy. And I'm like, oh, that's what I need to do. Do things she's always wanted. It makes her happy. She's always wanted the garage cleaned out. So next week... The upstanding guys, what was their names? <laughs> I told you the names, the junk removal yeah. guys. These junk removal guys are coming to our house. Stand up guys, junk removal. They're coming by. They're going to clean out our garage. If you uh, for years, Heather and I have uh, been together for 20 years. Oh, my she, God. She's wanted that garage cleaned out forever. She used to say it all the time, and I'd be like, Oh God! Please stop talking about the garage. It's finally going to be cleaned out. So anyway, somebody else. We're going to have those shelves empty in there where shit that's in the soon-to-be studio can be stored in the garage. Okay. If you're just shifting the stuff from one place to the other. Yes, but it's going to be organized. Never going to be piled up anymore. Okay. So anyway, the point is that room. I'm going to turn it into a studio. And I've got ideas. I've watched different people stream Easy Allies. Some people, they sit on a green screen. It's just a close-up of them playing a game or whatever. I want to do various things. I want to do you and I reacting to stuff or talking about things. I want it to look like the room uh, in 
Armageddon, where uh, what's his name was like freaking out over it. These big pointy things are freaking me out. Can I just get a <laughs> hug or something? <laughs> the, big, the big muscle guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Clark. Michael Duke. Clark. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there's certain things I'm going to need. 4K TV, Steven. Uh, PS4 Pro. Xbox One X. Okay? Nothing but the best. <laughs> big fat pipe of internet, Steven. <laughs> You and your big fat pipe. <laughs> the fastest internet I can get. Best upload speeds. All that kind of crap. So, uh, I was like, how am I going to get a Xbox One X? They're like 500 bucks. And then I see this story introducing Xbox All Access. Okay? Just listen to this, this here deal, Steven. This came along at a perfect time. If you or a friend are looking for the right time to join the Xbox family, this is for you. We're introducing Xbox All Access, a limited time offer available only in the U.S. at a Microsoft store near you. I looked. There's one. At the Parks Mall? Not in Parks Mall. Not anymore. Uh It's at the uh, so-and-so mall. I'll look it up after this. For no upfront cost and one low monthly price for 24 months, Xbox All Access gets you a new Xbox One S or an Xbox One X. Access to more than 100 great games through Xbox Game Pass and online multiplayer with Xbox Live Gold. That's more than 100 all-you-can-play games, including highly anticipated new Xbox One exclusives the day they're released, plus more games added all the time, the fastest, most reliable gaming network, and an Xbox One console. Fans who purchase an Xbox One console with the Xbox All Access can enjoy no upfront cost, one low monthly price, zero APR for 24 months, 24 months of Xbox Game Pass, 24, which is basically Netflix with video games in a way, 24 months of Xbox Live Gold, limited time offer for qualified customers. You know, you probably have to have decent credit, which I have, uh, I have good credit. So all brand new, you get, it's not some used piece of shit console it's it's brand new all brand new xbox one s one terabyte or xbox one x consoles including available console bundles can be purchased through xbox all access no leasing or renting you own the console outright get an xbox one s with all access starting at 21.99 a month with zero apr for 24 months which i believe means pay it off in 24 months yeah A savings of over $130. This is one of the most value-driven ways to join the Xbox family we've ever offered. Xbox One X, the world's most powerful console with Xbox All Access at $34.99 a month with zero APR for 24 months. That's $35 a month for two years. This is kind of like what they do with cell phones. You know, when you're like, uh, I'd like a new phone. It's like, well, you can pay $30 a month for two years and then switch to another phone or whatever. So the... The fee, the price would be five hundred twenty-seven dollars. Right, which essentially, if you're gonna, if I went to go buy an Xbox One X right now, just the console, not even the Xbox All Access, not even Probably the uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass. I'm not even sure that. And it, then the but Game Pass, you got to pay extra for that. Mm-hmm. 
So you are getting a deal, and basically, That's why I was like trying to figure out was it a deal? So, or is it so basically, if I you and I, I'm planning on do, I told her I was like I'm going to totally do this because I have an Xbox One, the first one that came out. They quickly, quickly it was upgraded to the Xbox One S, and now they have the Xbox One X, which uh, you can play on a 4K TV. And uh, I told you know all these console like. Emma's like, the PS4 is going in my room, right? If you get a PS4 Pro. And I was like, yes, yes, it'll go in your room. And <laughs> so I was like, I need to get this Xbox One X. This is a great deal. I mean, otherwise, I'm going to put it on my Best Buy card and pay them interest. This is a better deal than a Best Buy card because there's no interest, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times at Best Buy, there's no interest also if you pay it off in a certain amount of time. But two years, that's a long time to pay it to pay it off. And I could $35 a month. That's, that's a great deal. Especially you don't, you don't even have to buy a game the day you get the console, because once you hook it up to all access, you have this list of games. You could download one and start playing it that day. So it's a fantastic deal. And also, okay. Say that I'm like, uh, sitting there and I just want to play a game or, Hey, I'm going to stream a game. I got to go buy one. I don't have to go buy one. I look at a list. I can pick something to just start playing. Right. Steven, let's play a fighting game. It's uh, what if we did, uh, what if you and I did fighting game Fridays, you come over, you and I record for an hour. We talk about a movie or something we saw, but then you and I sit and we play a fighting game on Twitch live. And we'd have a great time, right? Right. Doesn't that sound like fun? We got the chat going with Jessica and Adam Sex. <laughs> Come on, more people are going to wander in there. Have you ever watched Twitch, by the way? I watch it uh, no. quite often. Just with you. I, I've actually started watching, uh, there's... A, an instructional where these other streamers will come on and they'll answer questions and stuff. And I'll read, you know, I'll see what, how they answer. And I go to this website where they recommend like different things, uh, different, uh, items that you can purchase and all this stuff. And I've been, you know, keeping track of what, yeah. Of all the stuff I need. Like I've like, you could get these kind of LED lights. They could, they don't get hot, and you can have bright lights on you, so you show up on camera better. But they don't make the room a hundred degrees, you know. And I'm like, yeah. ooh, that's a good tip, because some people use like photography lights. It's yeah. like it's so hot in there. It's like no, no, no. You need to use these LED it's a lights. Box. Yeah. Uh, so I've got. You could lose weight though. <laughs> yeah. So there's also these. Uh, other, you know, tutorials, little tips and uh, things you can do and stuff like that. Another thing is, you know, you got to have a lot of personality, you know, engage people. It's like, Hey, we could do that. We do it all the time. Right. I have no personality. It's like just sitting there. (laughs) What are those guys doing? I think they're playing a game. They're not talking or anything. So anyway, this is just an idea. The other one says every once in a while. (laughs) So basically, (laughs) basically it's like this, Steven, like, Sometimes through life, you see somebody doing something and you think, I don't know, this might be my psyche. It pops into my head. I could do this and I could do this better. And when I see people Twitch streaming for a living, and I'm not even say I'm not going to do this to get rich or anything like that. You can become a Twitch partner where people uh, like $5 a month. I subscribe to you or whatever. That's great. But... I'm not starting it, intending it to do that. It's to have fun. It's a way for us to have fun content. 
and get it out there. We're doing something fun. We're doing also doing, you know, uh, st- something for YouTube involving video, not just podcasting because, uh, and also, you know, okay. Say you and I are there on our set. I put it out as a YouTube video. I'd also have the audio on our audio stream, you know, mm-hmm. cause it works as audio also. So I just have these ideas. I, it's something it's, what do you call it? It's growth. It's changing into something else. It's morphing. The show used to be one thing. Mm-hmm. We used to play clips. We'd watch shows. I'd have clips and drops and stuff. It's now transformed into something else. It's growing into something else I want to try. At one time, I saw, heard people podcasting. I saw it. I was like, hey, I want to do that. And I turned it into my own thing. Now people are... They're Twitch streaming. They're doing videos and stuff. I want to do well, that and turn it into my own told thing. Us what we could and couldn't do back in the day. Yeah, um, there are rules, Stephen. You got to follow rules. these rules. No, you rule never breaker. go over thirty minutes. That's a death. Podcast you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, never go over thirty minutes, Stephen. So, um, anyway, what do you think about this Xbox All Access? I think that's okay. an awesome deal. Good deal. It's a good way to compete with PlayStation because I'm. They're probably like, uh, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation is winning right now. They have all these exclusive games. Friggin' Spider-Man comes out next Friday. I've got to play that it looks game. Cool. It looks a freaking amazing. And oh my god, have you seen this? I got to show you this real What's quick. What's your Doomsday one? The Cyberpunk one. Oh, Cyberpunk. That yeah, I told you to watch this video. It was um Cyberpunk 2077, if you guys haven't seen it, go to YouTube and type in Cyberpunk 2077 demo. They just, they, they showed this behind closed doors at E3, but they didn't show it to the public. But this week they finally showed it to the public and it looks amazing. It's this open world game by the people who made the Witcher series. And it's a futuristic game where, you know, people have, you know, their body parts are like have implants and right. eye things where you zoom and the weapons seem amazing. It's an RPG. It kind of reminds me of grand theft auto in the future. If it's the easiest way to describe it, it's in first person, but a lot of the story is in third person. Like you can see your character, but then when you're fighting or driving, it's in third, it's in first person, almost like if you had VR goggles, it would be like, you're there. I thought it was pretty amazing. Uh, it, granted, it's probably years away from coming out. Some people are just like, this isn't coming out until 2020, guys. Uh, maybe 2019, uh, being hopeful, but I'm going to say, yeah, they're probably right, 2020. But still, we have something to look forward to. Wouldn't you want to play that game on a next-gen television in 4K? Yeah. When you get that, you let me know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway... <laughs> uh Hold on a second. Just pretend like I'm not typing, Stephen. Okay. Vanessa. I hate when the... the... <laughs> what did you say? I said, okay, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not typing. Oh, and that's another thing. I... Uh, speaking of Vanessa... <laughs> I had some old... I gave Vanessa... My old PlayStation 3, I finally got rid of it and all the games. I gave it to Vanessa. Mm-hmm. And I gave her daughter, you know, I was like, it's for you and your daughter. She said, I play a lot of old games. 
I still play my PS2. And I was like, okay, my PS3, would you like that? And I also have an extra Xbox 360 that has been in a box in that same junk room with a connect and controller. How would you guys like that? And she was like, oh, that would be awesome. So I gave her that with a bunch of games. Getting rid of the old stuff, right, Steven? So that's another example of giving away some stuff. We're going to give some clothes to Goodwill. We're getting... If you saved all that stuff, you could start your own video game museum. (laughs) I know. I was thinking about like, oh, I can have a mountain on the wall, all my old consoles. It's like people have done that way better than I could possibly do. Okay. Spider-Man limited edition PS4 Pro bundle. Look at that thing. When I saw that, I was like, I want to own that. (laughs) It's a PS4 red with a white Spider-Man logo on it. But when I saw it, I was like, it's red. I don't care about the color red. Yet, I want that. (laughs) Why do I want that? That looks awesome. Because it's the Spider-Man. Doesn't that look cool? It'll go, it'll clash with everything in the room, but I don't care. (laughs) It looks awesome. Also, I was thinking in that room, uh, I want it to be the, the entertainment landfill, nowhere in Mulberry blue. Just think of that. The walls in there, that kind of blue color, Steven. Should we get an old tube TV like that and put in there? A what? A tube tube TV? TV. (laughs) No, (laughs) maybe I was thinking, okay. I have these in a bigger size. Get these blown up, framed on the wall. Our logos. You see that? Oh, perfect. I think I have an old tube TV in my garage. <laughs> Can you just take off the face of it? No, I was make saying, like you, a what sculpture. If you put, it, put it in the room, like put a, like a lamp, like a side table. Put a lamp on top of it. How have, small is it? <laughs> it's a nineteen inch. It's oh, big. okay. No, I was thinking you chainsaw the front of it off and you hang it on like a mural and inside no, the screen you take is the, the logo. Entertainment landfill logo and paste it on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like That'd it's be on cool. like it's on the screen. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, to think about. I can just stare at this, Steven. Uh, <laughs> so even I was thinking of uh ways like I would have a gamer chair when it's just me gaming, but push that out of the way, slide our little love seat size oh, couch there the <laughs> we got our controllers <laughs> we got a mic set up i've had this road mic right here that i used to record dead ahead haven't been using it put it on a boom arm boom we got sound right there from when we're uh just chatting in the room i got some things uh, the only thing i was like heather do i use our this computer now just put some extra stuff in it or do I buy a new computer with a better processor and all that kind of stuff? There's different things I need to think about, but the one thing, here's the thing though. It's a huge investment. If I do a lot of these things, but you don't have to do it all at once again, right? The the way this podcast Maybe you do have to do has existed. <laughs> well, the way this show has existed is I've never, the most anything has ever cost is uh Podbean, or like you know the hundred dollars to stream the show on Mixler here a uh, hundred dollars a month or, or I mean not a year. month hundred dollars a year uh for Podbean hundred dollars a year for Mixler uh something like that i I don't have a a high tech mixer I have a digital recorder uh I don't use a lot of high tech stuff on the uh for the show i never have 
And I remember back in the day, Bill was like, well, you need this kind of mixer here. And he would send me a link. And I was like, why? I'm not buying that. You need these kind of mics here with these boom mics. And I'm like, that's not going to go on my list. Bill, I do the show in the living you've room. You've been here. <laughs> yeah, you've been here. I'm not going to have two big mics wired up and look like a radio show. Like, just, no, that's not practical. I have two headsets that I plug in when we do the show, and when the show's over, I wind them up and throw them in the bedroom. <laughs> that same junk room, by the way. But see, if we have a dedicated studio, hooks, just hook them up right here. We're not using them my, right my now. Cable, my cable never recoiled like this. <laughs> yeah, it all wound up. Uh... Also, dog-proof door. <laughs> I mean, soundproof, she, she could bark all she want. We would never hear. Yeah, yeah. I was telling Heather, I need to soundproof that door <laughs> or uh, put something on the outside where the scratches don't scratch up the wood or whatever. So anyway, those are just the kind of ideas on my head. Heather is actually helping me get this done. She's actually motivated me. I'm the one who called the junk people to come clean out the garage mm-hmm. because I was like, yeah, this is, this is working. I can do this. Yeah. And then guess what creeps in? doubt starts to creep in no i can't do anything what am i what no i can't do do this yeah i think it's better to do a little bit at a time and i told heather was like when do you want this done i go red dead redemption 2 comes out on my birthday so that would be ideal (laughs) she's like that's like two months away and i'm like perfect that's plenty of time we could do this because, you know, uh, I want to stream Red Dead Redemption 2, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I was looking. Labor Day sale. I was looking at the TCL 55-inch. That's modest. For that size room to play games. Yeah. Play games on that. Not bedroom, Stephen. Studio. <laughs> I said for that size room. I didn't yeah, call yeah. it. <laughs> I think you said bedroom. But that's no, I said room. <laughs> But for that 55, size can you see you and I, 55-inch, perfect, in there? Perfect. Uh, it's on sale, 580 bucks for this week. But, okay, here's another thing. Uh, we get a little mini fridge in there, too. Just heck yeah, ideas. Heck yeah, mini fridge. A urinal Wet bar. <laughs> urinal. In the closet. We turn the closet into a... Yes. We never have to leave that. <laughs> Just turn the closet into a restroom. That would work too. <laughs> and that was the thing I was thinking like streaming like uh I was thinking streaming too. I drop <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of when I drop Emma off at school, it's now earlier than ever. Um I hope you had a hell of a piss Arnold. Uh when I dr- I now drop her off at seven o'clock, seven a.m. Stephen. Mm-hmm. Then I come home, make Heather coffee or breakfast or whatever, and she goes to work. And you know I do laundry or whatever. But say I had that studio, I'd be like I stream from nine a.m. till two p.m. or something like that. How cool would that be? Nice Monday through Friday, and then Friday you come over, we do a show. Then we stream until like midnight or 1 a.m. or something, <laughs> you know, depending on if we have to do something the next day. But it would be fun. <laughs> we turn into a, like a five days a week thing, you know, and Saturday and Sunday doing nothing, you know. 
or Emma would be like, I can I go in there? And I'd be like, not online. You're not going to be on camera, okay? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me and my friends are going to go stream, no, no, Dad. None of the like, creepers are yeah, you guys. Not going to happen. We're going to need mods in there. So maybe we can get Adam Sexton to like, your band, your band, <laughs> or yeah. whatever. So anyway, that's my idea that's been creeping around in my head. And I kind of want to do that. I just need a creative space. Like I haven't been able to that Chuck series companion I put out today. I was able to record that because Heather and uh, Emma, they went somewhere last Saturday all day long. And I was like, I could wait, I could record a, a Chuck episode. And so I put it on, I recorded it. That's all I got. That's all you got. You want to do some rotten tomatoes? Sure. Real some quick. Rotten tomatoes. It's kind of funny. I'm still sunken down. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten used to it. I'm I'm cool. I'm chill. All right, Stephen. Let's do Ryan Tomatoes. I like potato, you like tomato, I like tomato, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, let's call the whole thing off. I like spelled tomato juice. <laughs> it sure does. Where, have you seen the dog lately? She's Where is right there. Oh, okay. Um, He's passed out. Steven, let's go ahead and go back to that old happy time murders. I think the doggy Benadryl worked. I did, yes. Okay, 22% rotten. Mm -hmm. 42 fresh. Hey, that's not too bad. 145 rotten. Oh, (laughs) now I see. But let's look at the audience score. Probably audiences liked it. 47% liked it. Hey, average rating of 3 out of 5. That means it's bad, right? No Sesame, All Street. The Happy Times Murders is a filthy comedy set in the seedy underbelly of Los Angeles where puppets and humans coexist. Kind of like Roger Rabbit, only with puppets and cartoons. Two clashing detectives with a shared secret. One human and one puppet are forced to work together again to solve the brutal murders of the former cast of a beloved classic puppet television show. Starring Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph, Joel McHale, Elizabeth Banks... Jimmy O. Yang and Leslie David Baker. By the way, Joel McHale's show on Netflix got canceled. His soup yeah. continuation. I thought that was a bummer. I had watched quite a bit of it. Uh, Scott Marks of San Diego Reader says, The connoisseur of filth within me is pleased to report how wonderfully nasty much of the felted proceedings here are to behold. A two out of five. And it's fresh, Stephen. Right away, we have a problem. Two out of five, and it's fresh. Does that make any sense? No. (laughs) God, it's the first one we read. Oliver Jones. Nice revamping Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) You need to overhaul this tomato. You need to overhaul your overhaul. (laughs) Oliver Jones of New York Observer says, Fatally confuses crassness with subversion. One out of four. Okay, that's rotten. Richard Brody of New Yorker says the Happy Times murders is basically disgusting, but even when it's reprehensible, it's not always bad. And he didn't rate it. 
Inku Kang of Slate says, the premise holds some so, promise. So if he didn't rate it, how do you get rotten or fresh out of... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how is he a certified reviewer? I don't know. I'm confused. I'm just... Okay. The premise holds some promise, but The Happy Time Murders is a joyless, soulless slog, wasting the efforts of co-stars Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Banks. Only Maya Rudolph playing Phil's ditzy but puppet-tolerant secretary, Bubbles, escapes pity. Pete Travers, he had to have liked it, right? A few critics are calling it the worst movie of the year. Unfair. This R-rated look at a serial killer running wild in a puppet-populated L.A. has what it takes to be a contender for the worst of the decade. Zero out of five. Wow. Whoa. That's that, the harshest I've ever seen that's, Pete Travers. That's, that is a definite uh, rotten review. Have you ever seen him be that harsh to anything? don't think so. Pete Hartlob of San Francisco Chronicle says... Although The Happy Times Murders isn't much fun to watch, it was clearly a blast to make. One out of four. Ryan Pollard of Starburst says, A film that is not only unfunny in every way, it's downright annoying, inept, and embarrassing. Two out of ten. That's definitely rotten. How did the guy who made A Muppet Christmas... (laughs) I don't know. Why did he even do this? Hey, I know. I want these puppets to do it. How do I make that movie? It's like, what is his dad doing in his grave right now? Turning over. (laughs) Jill Wilson of Winnipeg Free Press says, as those cranky old Muppet men in the balcony, Statler and Waldorf said, I've seen detergents that left a better film. One out of five. Hey, got to quote them. That's not bad. Nice. A huge disappointment. Do I have a, hold on a second. No, I wanted to see if we had any Statler and Ward Waldorf uh, drops. What a muffet! Oh, we've we've got that. Jamie East of the Sun says many should many should shoulder the terrible burden for this poor effort. In particular, Brian Henson, son of Muppet Marvel's Jim and Jane for sullying the family legacy, and Melissa McCarthy for listening to either her agent or her wallet too closely. One out of five. Ooh, shame. Do they feel the shame? Pamela Powell of Daily Journal says, It is great cinema that we will hear about during Oscar season. Absolutely not. Oh, is it great cinema see, <laughs> that we will hear about during Oscar season? Absolutely not. Is it fun? Embarrassingly so. Yes. It pushes the envelope and a few buttons, but that's exactly what it promised to do. I give it a 2.5 out of 4. Fresh. That works. You got it right. And that is fresh. Let's see what Eric D. Snyder says woefully underwritten relying too much on the juxtaposition of profanity and puppets for easy laughs and getting bogged down in the straightforward film noir plot which could have used more satire c minus rot passing c minus would you rate that yeah that's passing that's a positive review all right d d and f would be on your failing grades Jim Lane of Sacramento says, 
The puppet work is brilliant. The jokes, however tasteless, are often funny, and McCarthy and Beretta have a strong chemistry. I guess that's the name of the puppet. Gary Dowell of Dark Horizon says, It's an above-average one-viewing wonder that at least manages to be more than a one-joke movie. Okay, so we've seen some good reviews, right? Yep. One more. Matt Brunson of Creative Loafing. A restaging of the Sharon Shone No Panties scene from Basic Instinct allows audiences a peek at puppet Pudenda. If that strikes you as the height of hilarity, then knock yourself out. 2.5 out of 4. Pudenda. 2.5 out of 4, Stephen. That would be fresh. Yes. 2.5 out of 4 is above, above half. Fatally confuses crassness with subversion. One out of four, Oliver Jones. I'm going to say it's a crass movie and either that you're into it or it turns you off to it. Sounds like it turned a lot of people off. What do you think? Yeah. If it's not your cup of tea, then why would you watch it? Have you seen the commercials to this movie? I have. Kin. Kin. A pulse-pounding crime filler with a sci-fi twist is the story of an unexpected hero destined for greatness. Chased by a vengeful criminal, James Franco, the feds and a gang of otherworldly soldiers, a recently released ex-con, and his adopted teenage brother are forced to go on the run with a weapon of mysterious origin as their only protection. Only if he does it in Tommy's voice. (laughs) This sounds weird, Stephen. Starring Jack Rayner. Zoe Kravitz, Carrie Coon, Dennis Quaid, and uh, I guess... I like all those people. Yeah, I'm guessing that uh, James Franco probably has a tiny part in it, since he's not even listed in the credits there. James Barrera Dinelli says, At times dull and plotting, and at other times cartoonishly silly, Ken rarely works, and when it does, it's often for the wrong reasons. 1.5 out of 4. So, he didn't like it. Jake Coyle says... Given the film's title and that the filmmakers are themselves twins, you would expect the brother relationship at the heart of the movie to be something more than it is. Rotten. (laughs) Jane Horowitz says, although Ken doesn't cut it, some of its ideas are worthy of further development. Two out of four. Rotten. Two out of four. Is that average? It's average. It's not rotten. It's not fresh. Peter Subzinski, Stephen, a disjointed and at times off-putting mess that veers wildly and unconvincingly between a road movie, a family drama, a violent crime film, and an offbeat sci-fi thriller. 1.5 out of 4. Okay, this movie's obviously a mess. So would you block off the, the, you know, say if, if you're doing this, it can't be 2.5. It's going to be 2.5, 2.4 below, 2.6 or above. It cannot be 2.5. I would if say... If you're rehashing this to say rotten or fresh, just flat out for that reason. Anything below three stars is rotten. Two, one to two stars, that's definitely rotten. Three stars is good. So you want to do it by stars. You can't give it two and a half stars then. That's what I'm saying. You can't do a half. Mm-hmm. What if we did the ten point scale? What if we did uh, you're like still at that point five points? Five point five is you, you uh, still can't do it at five. You still have to block five itself out. It'd be four point nine and below, five point one and above. There is no average. It's either good or bad. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying now? Thumbs up or thumbs down, yeah. basically. 
It would. What if they did that? Like, just there would be a red tomato, green tomato. If you're a reviewer, you put up your review and then you click one of those. Here's the thing, though. If I'm a critic, I'm like, nobody's even reading my review. They're just seeing what I rated it. That's annoying. But I guess there's always that danger. Rotten Tomatoes does that. I mean, we never read any of these full reviews, do we? I read Drew McWeeny's full reviews, but I don't read any of these people. Uh, this is the Meg. A deep sea. Did you see? I have this? not seen. You have not seen this. A deep sea submersible part of an international undersea observation program. Wow, what a sentence there! Has been attacked by a massive creature previously thought to be extinct and now lies disabled at the bottom of the deepest trench of the Pacific. Is this based on a book? No clue. Okay. With its crew trapped inside, with time running out, expert yeah, DC rescue diver <laughs> <laughs> Jason Statham is recruited by a visionary Chinese oceanographer against the wishes of his daughter to save the crew and the ocean itself from this unstoppable threat, a prehistoric 75-foot-long shark known as a megalodon. Megalodon. With no one... What no one could have imagined is that years before, Taylor had encountered the same terrifying creature. Now teamed with Su Yin, he must confront his fears and risk his own life to save everyone trapped below. Weren't they trapped in an underground water thing in Deep Blue Sea also? Yeah. Okay. So they're borrowing some ideas from other things. Charles Shark. It is 46% rotten, 108 fresh, 125 rotten. 54% liked it of audience score. Like I said, this looks like... It's an audience movie. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a popcorn flick. Yeah. Critics don't like it. Audiences do kind of thing, generally. I've so, I've read some people say it's not as good as it could have been. It's fun, but it could have been better. The main problem with it, it's rated PG-13. Okay. Oliver Jones... Hardar. Yeah. Oliver Jones of the New York Observer says... Asks little more of you than to strap in, put away your phone, and enjoy watching a freakishly huge prehistoric eating machine terrorize some scientists before it turns its appetite into a beach full of frogers on floaties. 2.5 out of 4. Fresh. Katie Walsh of Tribune News Service says... The film delivers on that silly, stupid summer fun promise while also exceeding expectations in terms of action and set pieces. 3 out of 4. Wait, okay, I'm seeing a problem here, Stephen. Katie Walsh of What the Flick. I had a blast and I love that it was a bigger, more serious version than I thought it was going to be. 7 out of 10. Fresh. Right. So she wrote, she had a review on two different websites. She gave it a 3 out of 4 on Tribune News Service and she gave it a 7 out of 10 on What the Flick. Three out of four, seven. Out, I guess is it the same review. Is that the same percentage? I'm just confused that they had two reviews. That's what I'm saying. If if she can do is, it in two different places, that shouldn't seem fair. Why does it? can't Rotten Tomatoes force you to put in their your review there and make a choice of? And of also, doesn't that skew the whole percentage that the same person did a review twice? Right. Matthew Lacone of San Diego Reader. Hopefully, he only appears once. Maybe director John Turtletob, love that guy's name, thought the barrage of pathos and yucks would distract from the fact that his star is a very big fish that is not very bright. Still, cool shark, bro. One out of five. 
Christy Lemire of What the Flick. How many What the Flick writers are on this review? I wanted this movie to be wackier, crazier, and over the top. The problem is that it's PG-13, 5 out of 10, rotten. It's 5 out of 10 rotten, Stephen? Or average? Average. Not rotten, not fresh. It's not rotten, not fresh. (laughs) Not rotten, not fresh. I like that. It's on the verge of either. (laughs) Andrew Whalen of Newsweek says, The Meg is oddly charming, more pulp than cheese, like the sci-fi pumped out in the 1950s. Dorothy Wooden says, next to the humans, with their horrific hairstyles and silly little dogs, the Meg seems sensible and calm, methodically going about the business of eating everything inside. I'm with her. It's doing it shark business. Yeah. Let's read one audience review. No. Wow, this is too long. But look, I just saw it no. say, <laughs> Shark Week, W-E-A-K. My review of the Meg is the Meg negging us. Should we call it Megging? I wish I could say everyone knew what movie they were making, but I'm not completely convinced. I also wish I could report that this was a documentary about whatever happened to Meg Ryan or Meg Tilly or even Meg Foster. Okay, I'm going to stop reading at that point. All right, so you have to... (laughs) You give them like a paragraph to do. Five sentences, whatever. They can't write a friggin' book like that. <laughs> yeah. Just get to it, man. Be concise. Well, Stephen, that's good enough. I I don't know what else is coming. What, ser- what is Searching? That came out this week. Oh, that's the one with... Uh, 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 oh, yeah, uh, yeah. John Cho. John Cho. After David Kim, 16-year-old... <clears throat> after David Kim's... 16-year-old daughter goes missing. A local investigation is open and a detective is assigned to the case. But 37 hours later and without a single lead, David decides to search the one place no one has looked yet, where all the secrets are kept today, his daughter's laptop. In a hyper-modern thriller told via the technology device, this is going to scare the shit out of me when I watch it because I have a daughter. With technology devices we use every day to communicate David must trace his daughter's digital footprints before she disappears forever. This is currently 91% fresh. 121 fresh, 12 rotten. Starring John Cho, Deborah Messing, and other people I've never heard of. Joe Cho Messing (laughs) and Law are excellent actors who are offered almost nothing to work with. Richard Brody says of New Yorker, it's rotten. Brad Wheeler of Globe and Mail says the suspense is satisfactory. The pace is well sustained. What really clicks, though, is the message. We leave digital breadcrumbs everywhere we go. And if our secrets are not safe, neither are we. (gasps) Adam Graham of Detroit News says that a thriller would come along utilizing these ideas was inevitable. What's unexpected is that it would be done so well. B+. Bruce DeMara says... A well-crafted mystery with quite a few unexpected twists and turns. You know, the funny thing, uh, this movie sounds interesting and it also sounds scary. Uh, The movie, the film Eighth Grade was directed and written by Bo Burnham, the comedian. And it's about a girl in eighth grade who's about to start high school. And so much of her life is wrapped up in her phone. Her staring at her phone, her looking at Instagram, posting selfies, chatting with her friends on Instagram, or she doesn't really have any friends. Sounds like my life. 
kind of wanting to, she records her little YouTube vlogs, like self-help vlogs that nobody's watching. It has like one view or whatever, but it made me think of like just a lot of my daughter or even my niece, my niece, I never see without earbuds in and looking at her phone. Like we'll go to restaurants. It's like a family dinner. I'll look, she's got her earbuds in. She's not paying attention to anything that's going on. She's watching YouTube. YouTube videos of them making goop or some crap, uh, just weird stuff. And it is a place where kids live today. And I don't know what the statement I'm making is. It's just that it's true. And yeah. uh, it's kind of sad and scary at the same time because uh, you don't have, I have no idea what my daughter's watching half the time. I'll ask her. I'm like, so what is this? Uh, and she'll show me some stuff. And I'm like, I deem this okay. It's just some guy talking about his uh, top 10 favorite horror movies or something. Or uh, someone deconstructing Disney movies. And, you know, she likes a lot of those film kind of things. And uh, it's funny because she likes film analysis and stuff, but I kind of tell her you need to watch the movie then watch the film analysis you're basically watching some guy you don't know analyze a film you've never seen i wish you would watch the film and then watch this that then you will have the knowledge yourself and you could interpret it your own way and then see what somebody else thinks about it she's like oh yeah i can see that i just kind of like going through and watching all their videos though and i'm like i know but i would love for you to also spend some time watching movies narrative something with stories Beginning, middles, and ends, not just a video take on some guy sitting in his streaming studio. Oh, no. Oh. I'm trying to get to my daughter, Steven. Don't you see what I'm doing? This is, I'm trying to, I'm making videos to my daughter. Hello, I'm here. Do you see me? Oh, it's so sad. Such a cry for help, Steven. How did you not see this before? Now? I saw right through myself right now. <laughs> What does that laugh make you think of? <laughs> I don't know. Does it You've make done you it forever? <laughs> no, <laughs> you Colonel Ty. No, it was the other one. The. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That was let's read Rotten Tomatoes. Thank you so much for listening to that. <laughs> Good times. We'll be right back, everybody. See you on the flip side. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And see all right, everybody. That was... That was Entertainment Landfill News, episode 57. Woohoo! We're close to 60. And, Stephen, I don't know if you know this, but September every year is the anniversary of Nowhere in Mulberry. So, we got to do some kind of anniversary show. I wonder if we could get the elusive bill to drop by. I don't know. One Maybe. Week, one week I'm going to Chicago. What week is that? The Let me look 22nd. at the 22nd. September 22nd. September 22nd. I got to remember that September it's is Saturday. my wife's birthday. I can't forget about that. 
<laughs> but uh yeah. And so next week will be the anniversary of Nowhere in Mulberry. Maybe we could record a show or do something fun. I don't know. Okay. Okay, if we started the show in 2005 of September, uh, how old is the show now? How long have we been podcasting? It's 13 years, right? It is? It's not 14? 14. It's not a round number? Or <laughs> 5 to 10, 15, right? Sure. All right. Yay! Yay. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, when... Uh, you talked about Culver's. Do you remember you said you ate at this place, Culver's? I uh-huh. looked it up. There's one. There's Culver's in Texas. It's delicious. Let me see where the closest one is, because there isn't one close to here. But I think there is one in. What did I, what did I say? I was in Kansas City. Yeah, there's one in Flower Mound and one in Louisville. Oh, and Flower Mound's not too far from me. Rockwall. That's far. McKinney. That's far. Which one is closest? Is it Flower, uh, Mount. Flower Mount? Yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to check out Flower Mound. So uh, how long a drive is that? Oh, 30 plus. I would drive that far to eat a hamburger. No, let's see. What does it say? Distance, 35 miles, drive time, 40 minutes. Hey, I've driven farther for a hamburger. Come on. <laughs> That's not too bad, is it? 40-minute drive to eat a hamburger. <laughs> you got to get one of the concretes, too. But look at the menu. Come on. they got burgers. they got frozen custard. By the way, they're going to open a frozen custard, Andy's frozen custard stand, right over here with this new Kroger opened. I'm curious about that sandwiches you got the shakes what did you say you it's a concrete and then they have the concrete there shakes and malts uh chocolate malt chocolate shake vanilla malt mint chip shake lemon ice cooler what is a, a cement what did you call it say it again concrete concrete Usually custard when they turn it it's nicknamed a concrete when they do custard as a let's see shake. View all frozen custard. Oh, there we Concrete. go. See? Concrete. Is, is it kind of like a blizzard, but it's with frozen yes. custard? Nice. So it's really thick. And What delicious. I like to get at uh, Brahms is their fro- chocolate uh, frozen yogurt with M&M's. <laughs> now, there's, a, there's a place called BurgerFi. BurgerFi Burger me. And uh, they have concrete as well. They make a red velvet concrete that just... Nice. Sounds good. Oh, my God. I'm transforming, Stephen. This is delicious. Oh, haha. Jessica said, I hope this fancy new studio comes with more than one show every six weeks or so. Hint, hint. (laughs) I will say this, Jessica, and to everyone else, it will be consistent back in the day when we used to do Nora mulberry we do the show every friday i it will be consistent well you i mean with your child in school and having she does she's starting to become more active in school mm-hmm. doing plays and whatnot yeah and there especially was, last year she did quite a bit yeah yeah that's an um 
there will be times of year, yes, that it'll be yeah. hard to do something, but I'm going to try to get something out every week, and I want you involved too. There could be times, certainly, Stephen, where I record a solo show, but that kind of – I record the Chuck show solo, Chuck. but when I did the ETL daily – yeah. And I was doing that by myself. Yeah. I was very lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically talking to no one that's there. People right. are listening, hopefully, but I miss the dynamic of talking to someone. Right. And I could go back to do that, but honestly, it's not fun. It's not. I, I like doing the Chuck companion show by myself. I don't mind doing that. Because you're watching a show and talking about it. Yes. And it's something you... But um, it's much different talking like the xbox story and telling you about the so you're gonna get a concrete tomorrow too <laughs> I, I yeah steven saw me i clicked back over to the culver's website <laughs> let me just look at more of these hamburgers while i'm talking steven taste cook to order difference the culver's deluxe wait i want to see one thing let's see let's go ahead and make culver's our sponsor i'm gonna look for a culver's commercial on uh on YouTube, let's see what we got here. Chicken raised right, small batch frozen. Oh, here's this is about frozen custard, Stephen. Let's see this. Okay. At Culver's, we never tire of crafting fresh frozen custard right in our restaurants. Vanilla, chocolate, or the flavor of the day, it's all made fresh. And it's not like we make one batch and we're done. We make batch after batch. Slow churning at the right temperature is the key to perfect custard. This is really good. Mm. You got to give it some love. That's when you're able to serve a nice, beautiful dessert to your guests. I like that creamy thickness of the custard. It's really good. This is my 10th batch of the yeah. day. There's a lot of happy people out there. There's a lot of hard work that goes into this. Welcome to Delicious. Oh, yeah. Now, let's see. There's <laughs> something called a butter burger. Let's see what this is. What's up, everybody? Today, I want to teach you how to speak butter burger. At Culver's, we call our burgers butter burgers. Not because they're fried, slathered, steeped, basted, drenched, or marinated and topped with butter, but because they're served on a lightly buttered toasted bun. They're smashed and seared to order. Something we've been doing since day one. Using fresh, never frozen U.S. beef. Because frozen beef from who knows where, cooked ahead of time and kept warm in a drawer. <laughs> I heard that. It just isn't our thing. In fresh fact, beef. your butter burger doesn't touch the grill until after you order. Ever. Really. We promise. Double burger? That's our default setting on most butter burgers. I know we're driving burger? tomorrow. Just ask. <laughs> Triple? Even better. Any higher, though, and uh, we're going to need to see a building permit. Every handcrafted butter burger comes with your choice. Did you have a butter burger? Real yeah, they're all Wisconsin butter burgers. cheese. Is it good? We said real. And from Wisconsin. Wisconsin Cheddar. Cheese. Swiss. American. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's it's time to get your melt on. I'm being mm. seduced right now. Of course, now. <laughs> the only way to make a butter burger better is by adding hardwood smoked Hell center cut yeah. bacon. Bacon. Because, I mean, everyone knows bacon makes everything better. Well, here they are. Uh, Around here, sizzle. deluxe is shorthand for lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, and mayo. The works is ketchup, mustard, pickle, and onion. And you, sir or ma'am, are welcome to order your butter burger any way you please. Want us to add grilled onions or sautéed mushrooms? Yes, hey, I do. it's our pleasure. Because that's just the way we roll at Culver's. Welcome to Delicious. Steve and I am so <laughs> This episode brought to you by Culver's. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Steven, thank you for recording a show with me. We'll be back soon, right? We're yes. going to do some more shows. 
And I'm excited about, uh, oh, when baby's reverse sneezing, that means it's time to wrap up the show, Stephen. <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, listening to the show. And thank you for sticking around. Sorry that we hadn't done a show in a while. But look at that. I just released a Chuck show. We're going to crank this episode out. That's two in a row. we got to take a couple weeks off. Yeah, yeah. We just did two episodes. We'll be back in three <laughs> months, Stephen. No, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I can't wait. I want to get Adam Sexton on the show when Predator comes out and have him talk about Predator with us. We haven't had him on the show for a while. Right. like to get him back. He actually said he recorded a podcast recently and the audio turned out bad when he went to listen to it and so he's going to have to redo it. That sucks. Someone who's had audio turn out bad in a podcast, I know how that feels. That sucks really bad. The previous Chuck show I did, not the one... I had pristine audio in the one I just released, but the one before that, Chuck versus Operation Awesome, I had the dreaded popping crackle sound, and I didn't notice it till I was editing the show, and I was like, "Whoa, where did the? Why? Why is this back? Why is this back? What happened? Where did this come from? It's like this weird static that gets stuck in the computer or something." It's weird, and it doesn't happen all the time. But so man, to pull up the carpet in your room so we have anti-static flooring. Yeah, we're gonna have rubber mats or something. <laughs> but uh, Stephen, uh, thank you so much for joining me this week. If you guys would like to listen to old episodes of the show, go to etlandfill.com. Yeah, I want Culver's too. They they still open now. I'll drink forty minutes for a midnight snack, uh, guys. Go to etlandfield.com, click on Show Archive. You can list all of our old shows. Also, you could uh, listen to our most recent shows. And if you click on that little Visit the Chuck Series Companion, click on that. I got a new episode of the Chuck Series Companion, Chuck versus First Class. I just did it. Just wrote that blog post. I was When Steven arrived, I was finding typos. <laughs> I was like, damn it, typo here, typo there. But, you know, and I'm fixing it. Uh, but, guys, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. I promise. Thank you, Jessica, for listening live. And what are you guys waiting for? Get out there. Go get that Xbox All Access. Go get a PS4 Pro. Spider-Man comes out next week, Steven. Spider-Man edition. Yes. Spider-Man's not on the Xbox right, uh, right now. Uh, it's a PlayStation exclusive. But... Xbox is going to have a lot of good games coming up soon. In fact, Xbox One X is more powerful than PS4 Pro. That's the system I want to play friggin' Cyberpunk on, Steven. It's going to be awesome. Guys, thank you so much. Get out there and do stuff, and we'll see you next time. Right, Steven? See you next time. Later, Steven. Again, as I said before, freaking boom goes the dynamite. Now this is podcasting.